Welcome to the Farmer's Voice. I'm Alan Watts with Kentucky Farm Bureau. Our guest today, Joe Paul Mattingly from Marion County. Mr. Mattingly, tell us about your farming operation. Uh, 1975 is when we bought our first track of land here where we live now. We've been here ever since. Born and raised in Marion County, uh, about five or six miles away from where I live presently in St. Mary's. I uh, always loved farming. Uh, went to UK for four years, came back, taught school for five years, taught agriculture for five years, but and still had a, and bought a small farm and was doing both. And it got to the point where I had to give up one or the other, so I just made the choice and gave up the teaching job and started uh, farming full time, uh, dairy farming. Actually, I felt like I had to have the cash flow, uh, you know, that dairy provides, and uh, being a small farm and and family operation, why, that's uh, that's what we did. Uh, that was pretty common in those days back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, it's changed now, but back then that was a it was a pretty good uh, setup. You know, some tobacco, uh, tobacco base on the farm, and then a dairy operation to go with it. So we started out with 30, 40 cows and a couple acres of tobacco, and we've got uh, about 100 cows now and no tobacco. So a lot of uh, water's gone under the bridge the past 40 years. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about your farm. You, what you what you guys are doing out there now? No tobacco, obviously, as you said. But uh, what are you guys doing these days? Oh, well, we have about 650 acres, and we still have the 100-cow dairy. Uh, my youngest son is uh, helping to manage that these days. Uh, we raise a couple hundred acres of soybeans, about 100 acres of corn silage for uh, for dairy feed. Uh, raise most of our uh, replacement heifers. Uh, uh, cut a couple hundred acres of wheat, uh, wet rapid for hay, and uh, chop sun for forage for the dairy cows. Uh, produce most all of our feed except the supplement and the mineral that we buy. And do most all of our work except one uh, hired hand that uh, does most of the milking, which is uh, very helpful. So uh, kind of a diversified ag operation. We uh, sell hoop barns as well. Got in the hoop barn business about 20 years ago and when the tobacco went out. Uh, and it's uh, been good to us as well. So we're kind of growing that side of the business and just hanging on to the dairy and diversifying the rest of our operation. Have a few beef cows as well. Tell me about the dairy operation. What are you guys doing to, uh, I know dairy has been tough years or last few years for dairies. What are you guys doing to make that run, make that successful? Well, we're doing like, you know, they always say in farming, you just do more for, with less, right? Uh, more efficient. So, uh, you know, we're doing about as as, mo- as efficient as we can. It's all about feed cost and raising your own good forages for dairy operations. So we uh, utilize uh, distiller's grain locally here, wet distiller's grain. We grow all our own forages. Uh, we buy some a uh, little bit of shell corn, or we use screenings actually from the from the mills, uh, the granaries, and buy a little mineral and soybean meal. Put it all together, and uh, you know, feed the cows as cheap as we can. And the milk and the dairy business has always been a roller coaster, up and down. So, uh, you know, the good times you try to save back a little. So when it uh, things get uh, tight, well, you'll have a little to fall back on, or some other enterprise, or. Uh, uh, you know some other uh, source of income so uh but it's you know it's workforce over the years been good to us it's been a good way to make a living and, and been uh, fairly profitable over the years but lately last uh, maybe you know last five years or so even 10 that it's you know change is coming and it's uh, all about getting bigger it's about consolidation uh, more or less in the industry across the country uh, still a lot of smaller farms around but smaller these days is uh, two or three hundred cows, you know. Uh, used to be smaller, it was 25 or 30, but these days it's, you know, our little hundred cow operation is a small dairy farm. And 
so it's you know the big ones are getting bigger and the small ones are quitting uh and then of course it's about uh uh dairy consumption as well fluid milk uh, consumption is down the cheese consumption and butter are up and that's what's carrying the industry along these days uh, a lot of competition from other beverages and uh a lot of substitutes for milk so uh that's kind of where we're at with the with the dairy industry as a whole uh was on a dairy trip the other day with KDDC up in Indiana about a month ago, and stop. First stop was had 6,500 cows, and uh, their break-even price was sixteen dollars and fifty cents. And they said we'd sure like to have a little increase in our price uh, so we can make a little more money. We'd like to add a thousand cows. So that's kind of where we're at in the dairy business, you know. So uh, when I expand, I add ten, and they expand, they add a thousand. So don't take long for. Uh, that sort of expansion to, uh, you know, put a strain on your supply and demand, mostly supply. Right, not at all, not at all. Are you guys still milking, milking, uh, long history there on your farm, too? Tell us, you mentioned earlier a little bit about the history of the farm, but tell me a little bit about, tell me more about your history of your farm. Well, the farm I live on now, we started from scratch in 70, uh, we bought it in 75, 1975. We were raised on a little 100-acre farm up in, little town called St. Mary's is a real good little farm, and my brother lives there now and farms, and he was a dairyman for a long time until he quit about 10 years ago. So we moved down here uh, when we got out of college, bought this little track of land, 100 acres with a house on it, small house and a little barn, and we just kept growing. Uh, every time, uh, you know, a track of land come up around us, we were forcing in that. Uh, every time a farm sold around us, we could buy a little track of it, and we, we did. So, you know, we've got to up to about 650 acres, a pretty good farm. And uh, uh, so we've kind of grown it as we went along, you know. We borrowed money and pay it back and borrow some more, you know. So we've been here since 75, and I guess we'll stay here to pack us out in the pine box. That's right. That's right. Well, tell me about your involvement in the community there. You, I know you're involved, I'm sure, pretty heavily with Farm Bureau and other organizations. What are you involved in there? I've been involved with Farm Bureau for, well, ever since I started farming, actually. Uh, come back from college, and uh, started teaching school in 75, and the first Monday of every month, Farm Bureau meets, our local Farm Bureau. So the July board meeting would have been our first uh, first Monday. So they asked me to come represent BOAG on the Farm Bureau board. So rest is history. I've uh, been there ever since. So uh, in one form or another, I've served as, uh, you know, as a uh, Secretary served as vice president, served as president of the local Farm Bureau, uh, chairman of the Fifth District Farm Bureau, and then on the state board as well, representing the Fifth District, which is uh, eleven counties in Central Kentucky. In addition to Farm Bureau, what are some other things you're involved in there? Or does that take up all your time? Well, it takes up most of my time if we farm and farm and family, uh, and then. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm a cattleman's member. I've been involved with the extension board over the years. I'm on. I'm on the Soil Conservation Board as well. That's a uh, a very uh, low-key political position. You have to be elected, but uh, uh, we meet once a month and help carry out soil conservation programs in the county. Every county has one. I guess every county in the country has one, mandated from, by the federal government, uh, you know, over the years. So, uh, and then involved in my church as well, uh, St. Charles Catholic Church is pretty involved there as well. Uh, when I had kids in school, I was involved in the school site-based council uh, at the school and the PTO and just whatever needed to be done to, you know, support education and my kids in school. It's, I think, so important, the most important thing, really, Absolutely. when you're raising a family is to be part of their part of their education growing up, you know. They went to 
local public schools here, and they were always involved in school activities, and I was always supportive of them, and still still I am supportive of them. And they're involved in the farm, too, as well. The oldest son's a principal at West Marion Elementary. He taught ag for 17 years or 18, maybe 19. My daughter, I've got one girl. She's a school teacher in Nelson County, and I've got uh, two other sons. Uh, one works at the, as an engineer at the local factory, and he farms with us as well. And then Anthony, my youngest, is uh, full-time here with the dairy. So have got three boys and a girl, and they're all involved in farming and agriculture. And we won't sell the farm. It's not for sale, but we may change our operation, our, our commodity mix as time goes on. It's kind of roll with the flow, I'm sure, in the yes, world for sure. Well, tell me, what are some of your big struggles out there on the farm, Mr. Mattingly? Well, you know, as an older farmer, I'm, you know, 68 now, so I've been through a lot of struggles, as all young farmers do, and they're still there for young farmers. But, you know, as you get older and, you know, pay down some of your debt, you get established, why, uh, you know, the, you know, it's not as hard financially to, you know, to compete and to, to make money on the farm. But, I, you know, I still think about my kids and others you know, that want to start farming or get involved in agriculture. And the biggest struggle for them is, is the amount of capital it takes to get involved, even on a small basis. And, of course, the biggest chunk of that is, you know, trying to buy land or, you know, acquire land of some sort, whether you're renting or buying. Particularly if you're buying, it just costs so much to get started, you know, as high as land is. And then, of course, you know, you've always got the weather that you've dealt with over the years. And the uncertainties, I guess is the most difficult part of farming, which includes the weather and the markets. So you deal with the markets. We talk about dairy, the ups and downs, but all commodities have them, whether it's a beef or grain or something else. You know, all everything is uh, supply and demand, and it comes and goes, you know, uh, with the economy. So, But one thing for sure is, uh, you know, that's it's probably the one industry, maybe one or two or three, that touches everybody's life every day, regardless of whether you're farming or not because everybody uh, is involved on the other end, which is the eating end. So, you know, we're involved. One percent of us feed the other 99 percent. So that's kind of where we're at on the dairy, on production. Uh, and, of course, that's kind of, well, it hadn't always been that way, but because we've got technology now, which allows less people to do more, you know, 50 years ago or 100, why, half the people farmed because they had to grow their own food and then, you know, some more for somebody else. But. That number is decreasing and because of technology, so I don't expect that to change either. And then we export a lot of, of uh, product as well. You know, as a industry, we export, you know, like on the dairy side, it's, you know, 18, almost 20% of what we produce goes somewhere else, you know, China or somewhere in Europe. So that's kind of where we're at on the farm, and, uh, you know, it's kind of evolved over the years, and it's, uh, you know, one thing for uh, for one thing for certain has changed, so I don't think we'll see any see that uh, anything different there in the in the short or long run. You know, you've been doing this since 1975. Obviously, came right back, went to teaching, and came back to the farm real quickly. What do you love about farming? What do you enjoy about farming? Well, it, you know, it's something. If you're raised on a farm, you just you know you just appreciate the outdoors. You appreciate working with nature. You appreciate uh, putting in a, a full day's work and and watching the sun go down and realize that you've done good, you've done some good for, you know, for your, you know, for your fellow man, you've produced something uh, or part of something that's, you know, that feeds the world and that's all good, whether it's food or fiber. 
so I guess it's that feeling of accomplishment. Uh, plus, just uh, I would say being your own boss, but none of us are our own boss, you know. Especially if you're married, you're not your own boss. Uh, but uh, you know, you've got others that you've always dealt with in the in the industry, whether it be the the banker, the vet, the uh, the soil conservation, the FSA, or the government, or EPA, or whatever. So, you know, you've you've always had to deal with, uh, you know, with with other people, and that's probably the least enjoyable part. But I guess it's just a passion for you know for the industry, for plants and animals and the outdoors. I guess is is the bottom line. And then uh, you know raising your family in that environment is a, a plus too as well. So, you know, you give up some things to, you know, be able to have that lifestyle. So it's a business, but it's a lifestyle, and it still is a lifestyle. You know, it's, uh, somebody says you have to, but you have to treat it as a business or, you know, it, it won't survive. But I guess the, the combination of the lifestyle and then the business model and then the satisfaction of, you know, being a productive citizen is all contributes to, uh, and the independence, you know, you're, you know, you've got an in, somewhat independent, uh, you've got to get the bills paid and you've got to make a living, but you, you know, you can kind of do it on your terms to a certain extent. Our guest today on the Farmer's Voice, Joe Paul Manningly from Marion County. I'm Alan Watts for Kentucky Farm Bureau.